everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Yay! We have uh, one announcement that's very exciting. Beep, 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 uh, beep, 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 beep. I don't know if it's that exciting. First announcement is exciting. Our live stream for Patreon and Supercast will be this Sunday. Beep, I look beep, for beep. your post. Pew. <laughs> and I don't haven't even picked a show yet, so I don't know what we're covering. So, Ooh, it's if, a mystery. It's a mystery. Stay tuned. And then Lifetime announced their Murdoch murder. I saw it on Instagram. I saw. Starring. Yeah. Yeah. The greatest <laughs> president in an alien movie ever and the non-comatose brother that won Sandy Bullock's heart. And my heart. In what, and all of our hearts in While You Were Sleeping. And the guy on The Sinner, Bill Pullman. I like The Sinner. The amount of people who thought that Bill Pullman was dead is very disturbing. Bill Paxton, Bill Paxton has okay, sadly passed away. Yeah. I think there was an, an internet hoax that Bill Pullman passed away, but that was... Well, that's rude. Let's not put that into the universe. No. He's amazing. But they're going to be upset. By the way, they should not have done this movie. This was a huge mistake based on all this stuff that's happening now. It was too soon, folks. Too soon. Too soon. But also, why does he have blonde hair and no redness at all in his complexion? And why is it Bill Pullman? Did Bill Pullman get arrested drunk driving and then go on a tirade about the Jews? Because that is the only way that this makes sense as a soft launch back into Hollywood. He should not be doing this movie. Who did sh- his agent piss off? I'm sure the paycheck was very nice. I don't I have think a he feeling needs a paycheck. He's Bill Pullman. He's 75% of the budget. Was getting Bill Pullman. The comments from our listeners were so funny. Like, Eric Stoltz is calling his agent. Yeah. Wouldn't Eric Stoltz be good? Michael Rappaport. Eric Stoltz, really, because of the red hair. Okay. People were upset he wasn't Ginger Moore. Somebody said he needed 200% more rosacea. Yeah, and also scowling. He's Bill, just too nice. Bill Pullman has smiling eyes, which is why everyone likes him. Even when he's meant to be mean, his eyes are smiling. Mm-hmm. He's a permasmizer. Yeah. I don't know what the casting was thinking on him, but that's fine. I'm fine but with it. But I'm willing to... He has range. So I'm willing to be open. I'm open to this and I'm going to be open to it when they have to do part two (laughs) because there might be something else. I hope they got that clause in his contract that he has to come back for two. They're not switching Murdoch, Murdoch, Murdoch's halfway through because that won't work. They can't. So if there's a second trial, we're going to need Bill Pullman again. Yeah. So this episode that we're talking about is it's like a Kimberly classic. Kimberly's favorite light I'm glad that we're finally doing it. I don't know why I put it off for so long. I'm glad that we're doing it, too. Yeah, I'm surprised we hadn't done it. Also, we did just do Secrets in the Snow, and now this is Secrets in the, in the mist. mist. So it's like what, all what weather. Mist? Basically, Secrets in the Rain is going to be next. Secrets in the Sunshine. Secrets in the Fog. Secrets in the Fog. Yeah. We actually do have some fog in this episode. Secrets in the Muggy Weather. Mm-hmm. What is... What Secrets is the, in the mist? Hail. What's the mist? I'll get there. Did I miss it? You missed a Keith line, and I know how you missed it, and I'll tell you in a second. Great. Thank you. This is season 21, episode 25, and unknown date. Could not find a date. On, it said unknown date online. Couldn't find it. Somewhere in 2012? 
somewhere in 2012 or 13, yeah. It mm-hmm. happens in 2013, the crime. It's hosted by Mr. Keith Morrison. Sorry, if it happens and- in 2013, then it's definitely not in 2012. <laughs> yeah, episode didn't air before the crime. It could be. It's, it's Dateline is prolific and <laughs> can see the future. This is sometime between 2013 and 14. Yeah. There we go. It happens in Point Vicente, California. We are also in Torrance, California, which makes me laugh because I think of Bring It On. Yeah, and, exactly. We're down by Long Beach. Yeah. So the LBC, a police boat sets off in the pea soup fog. Ooh. There's the mist. Now, that's on, not mist. He doesn't say mist. He says fog. I know they're different, but that's the tone we're setting. So I know mist is like rain, but fog, it's all moisture in the air. Is this the point that yeah. I missed? Yeah. This is it? The first this line of the thing? I think the night that it happened, maybe there was mist. I don't know. But we are at a different time. We are with a police boat setting off into the pea soup fog. Now, the important point about pea soup fog is that the subtitles on Peacock say inaudible fog. The subtitles could not figure out what Keith is saying in his low baritone when he says pea soup fog. And they didn't like it. They said inaudible. That's so rude. That is like when they say host says, and they don't (laughs) say his name, pea soup, he said. Is it green? Is it being thrown up by Linda Blair? I don't know. No, I think it's just thick. It's just thick. Couldn't they have said chowder? Well, couldn't they have said mist? It's fine. Let's go. (laughs) So why are they out there? Why after all those lost years? Before they came with wild ideas about murder and Facebook, of all things, wild ideas about Facebook. Uh-huh. We're getting this new technique now, which I haven't seen before. It's a close-up of a very old Polaroid camera, and it snaps and flashes and takes a picture of us at the screen. Like, it took a picture of me, because I was watching, and or you, whoever is listening to this, it's took a picture of you watching in your underwear eating Funyuns. Dateline B-roll just took a picture of you. And then you see the photo develop, and it turns into several Polaroids that are splashing down onto a table of a beautiful woman in 1989, Carol Jean Lubon, and all of her 80s glamour. Sometimes bangs, sometimes no bangs. She looks sometimes like feathered bangs. Chrissy from Three's Company. She's gorgeous. Yes. Keith says... It's an old story anyway. Pretty girl gets pregnant at 15, marries the guy. Pretty soon she's 20-something with two kids and a hankering to live for a change. Is that an old story? He says, really live. Is that an old story? Yeah. That's sad. And we're seeing all the photos. It's not sad. I think it's a lot of people's story. (laughs) I think it is. But 15. Married at 15, he brushes over quickly. Yeah. Quickly, pregnant yeah. and married at 15, that, that is, this is the fastest exposition we've ever had. The yeah, fastest background kids. dip ever. Yeah. So she has two sisters. One says she was always laughing. And Keith says, but Carol wasn't laughing in the March of 1981. She wanted to be somebody. She wanted to finish school in architecture, which is amazing. She, sure, she loved her husband, Mike, the nice kid on the high school football team that chatted her up by the lockers. He stepped up and married her after she got pregnant. 
Should we give him an award, Keith? What do you... Why does Mike look like he's 30 when he's 16? Mike looks... He Mike grows a mustache pretty fast. And really fast. It's thick and bushy, and yeah. that makes him look yeah. way older. And later on, it kind of weirds me out. I think it's the Tom Selleck effect, where Tom Selleck looked 35 for 30 years. Yeah. Just that's his age. Yeah. Between somewhere like 35 to 40 for yeah. just decades. Yeah. But anyways, Mike stepped up and married her. He did. After she got pregnant. Also, did you notice their names are Mike and Carol? No, I didn't. I also didn't Does notice until later hits? that Carol's parents are named Milt and Malba Meyer. I know. I love Which that. I feel like should have been pointed to from the beginning because so that's cute. delightful. So Mike and Carol, like the Bradys, also like the Seavers on Growing Pains. There you go. Which has to be not a coincidence. They had to have done that as an homage, don't you think? No, I don't think she met someone named Mike on purpose. No, no. Seavers on Growing Pains, I think were probably an homage to the Bradys. I've never thought about that. Maybe. Do you think it was an, an afterthought? It might have been on accident. It could have been on, on accident. So Mike was a very good father, and Carol's family loved Mike. They thought he was, like, they treated him like a son. Her dad brought him into the family business. He was friendly, he was loyal, but he wasn't very ambitious. The only thing ambitious about him was his mustache. He was fine with them living in this tiny little house in Torrance, two kids, one bathroom, all four of them, hmm. and he was fine with it. Carol wasn't fine with this little life. She yeah. started having an affair, maybe several. She Ooh. got a red Audi, Audi, Sorry, Audi. I have car blindness and car pronunciation blindness. <laughs> a red Audi Fox with personalized plates, CJ's Fox. So she's having a midlife crisis in her 20s, a.k.a. a quarter life crisis. I know it well. I think that happens when it's 10 years in and you have kids that are nine, but then you're like, wait, I'm 25. Right. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's rough. I should that's... still be at the club. Yeah. Like I still... Yeah, it should be something. I don't know. At 25, a lot of people, but probably a lot of her friends from high school, like maybe one went to Europe. Who knows? Right. Dateline is doing this B-roll reenactment of mm -hmm. the red little car pulling out of a driveway. Yeah. And it has the license plate on it that yeah. says CJ's Fox. And Keith says, of course, the actual car is long gone by now. So we've made up this one to look just like it. So for this reenactment, Dateline got a red car. I don't know if it's an Audi Fox or not because I have car blindness. Hashtag find a cure. But it is a red little car. And they made up a fake license plate with actual, you know, registration tags on it and everything. I'm going to say it's not worth it. I don't think, I think that's too much work to put into a reenactment. You don't even do reenactments anymore. Was it worth it? Maybe because there is a chance that they did all this for the reenactment and then Keith had a really good gift for one of the family members in this who would probably love that. The license plate. Yeah. That's very cute. Yeah, I think it might be worth it. I think it might be one of those things where it really turned out to be the right thing to do. Yeah. That's what I'm, my hope is. You've turned me around. Good. 
So Keith says she'd drive the car to school or to meat markets, like the local Red Onion. And he says meat markets so casually right after school. I thought it was a the butcher. A butcher shop. Me too. 100%. I was like, oh, she has to... That's such like an she's old school running thing. Errands. Going to the butcher's. It's a very old school thing. Yeah. The butcher she has shop. To shop at the, stop at the candlestick maker. And, right. But he means some sort of de club or bar with a disco ball and lots of feet dancing. We're seeing feet dancing. And it was kind of misty in that club, actually. Maybe that's the secrets in the mist. I think you could still smoke in clubs in those yeah. days. So I think that might be cigarettes. But yeah. In March 1981, one night, the kids were in bed. Mike Jr., who we are meeting, he's a grown-up man in his interviews with Keith. He was only 10 at the time. He right. was in bed. But he could see from his bedroom Mike and Carol getting into an argument. And his mom walked outside and slammed the front door. He mm -hmm. went to bed. In the morning, she wasn't there. Mike said Carol had demanded he sign papers to sell their little house in Torrance. And he said no. And she left in a huff. So the family figured she just needed to get away for a few days. Again, quarter-life crisis. Mm -hmm. But then they find her car in the parking lot of the Red Onion. And so they were a little concerned. They drove around looking at all the bars and showed her photo around because she's, I think, liked to go to these bars. And they told the police. But the police were like, I think she just went out of town. And then we see Keith. Sorry. How did she go out of town when her car no is car. at the Red Onion? With another man. She was having several affairs. Okay, did you talk to those men? The police did no work right now. This Zero is very work. odd to me. This is yeah. very, in this day and age, it would feel like she was taken by someone. So right. She is somewhere possibly the hurt. The lack of a urgency here, they don't care. So Keith is doing his T-Bird Grease Lightning look with the lean against a tree in the suburbs. Yes, in front of the little house. Which includes a black motorcycle jacket with black button down underneath. He says, a week later, something strange happened at the house. And the camera starts panning in to Keith. Just yeah. a little dramatic. Just a little. Just a scotch. Like an inch. Yeah. For dramatic effect, as he said, something strange happening at the house. And he says, has Carol snuck back? In no. Well, I said, has Carol snuck back into the house? Keith said... Had Carol sneaked back into the house. So, of course, I had to give it a bing. And Don't you correct Keith's grammar right now, Kimberly, on air. Don't no, you do that. No, I would never. Sneaked is the past tense of sneak when the verb is treated like a regular verb. Snuck is the past tense of sneak when the verb is treated like an irregular verb. I don't know what that means. Some people frown upon snuck. So if you're in doubt about which form to use, sneaked is always the safer option. So sneaked sounds wrong. Sneaked, sneaked sounds wrong. Sounds but wrong. it's not wrong. I don't, I think sneaked is right both ways, they said. Kind of. They said it's always the best way to go. I can't tell if it's a regular or irregular verb in that. I don't know what that means. I think what most people are asking right now, and I think you should explain to people what an irregular verb is. Go. No, that's so I cannot do that. Don't ask me Please. to. And I was an English minor in college. That's why I'm asking you. Please explain what an irregular verb is to our You audience. know what I say? We're all irregular verbs. So screw you, dictionary. 
we are all irregular. Don't there's no regular. Okay. We're all irregular and proud. Is. Wave observe, your freak observe flag the Kimber high. Getting getting upset at the dictionary. I don't words. like it. I am a regular <laughs> verb and proud. I was doing the nature channel behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Kimberly as she gets upset Watch by the, Kimber. the snarled tooth rhino. <laughs> the lovely panther in her habitat. <laughs> Keith is fine with sneaked. I don't think I'm not I don't know if I can pull off sneak. She's more than fine according to Miriam Webster. I, I think. I don't know. We're gonna have some grammaticians coming at me. I know that's not the right term either. So Dateline should be called TLC because it is the learning channel at this um, point. I'm always learning stuff. Sorry, isn't NBC the more you know? That's true. Good, there you good, have good it. Point. So Mike had set up a trap in the house. He had put tape on her dresser drawers and then took the kids to Universal Studios. And when they got back, the tape was broken and some of the mail on the counter was moved. A few weeks later, some of Carol's clothes were gone. You have a frogger, sir. <laughs> there is a frogger in your house in Torrance. That is classic frogger behavior. That is classic frogger. The frogger might be Carol, but I mean, wouldn't you like to know that? So yeah. let's figure this out. You have young children in the house. So then some money in the butter di- under the butter dish in the fridge, which is where they kept their emergency cash, went missing. Why, who is keeping cash under the butter dish? Wouldn't it get all gross and like sticky and cold? That's some cold cash. Under the lid of the butter no, dish? No, underneath the, but even the bottom, like the whole thing gets just sticky, I think. I just don't understand how big your butter dish is that you can physically hide money under it. Like some folded up bills. What? No, that doesn't make sense. You hide them in a gravy boat. Oh, Okay. In a no. kettle on the stove that people think surely not because you're going to put water in that, but it's a kettle that you never use. And that seems like a recipe for disaster. Some wet money. Just wet money. That's the worst that can happen. I think there has to be another solution altogether that doesn't involve food or the kitchen. I like mine. So $100 was there before, then 60 was missing. And Mike told... Carol's sister, and she thought, that is so Carol, she wouldn't take all of it. She would leave some of it for her family. Or you have a generous frogger, a frogger with a conscience, Mm. or a frogger with good budgeting sense. The family starts getting weird calls with silence on the other end on important days like birthdays. And they would always just say to the silence, Carol, we love you. We hope you're coming back. I would be terrified. I would be so scared, but they seem to think it's Carol calling. And they really just thought she needed a complete break in her life from her family, from her kids. And so she just left and started anew. So this is just straight up a simpler time where there's no chance that some strange dancing man at the Red Onion whisked her off and she's stuck in a weird house in Albuquerque. No, that's not even in any of their minds. Okay. It's a little strange, but it was a different time. So the detective shelved the case, and they were not looking anyways, and wrote no foul play involved. Eventually, Mike started dating a 19-year-old. Was (laughs) that shade? Maybe. 
I mean, I we how old is know. he at this point? Late 20s? Maybe. He might be like 27. The mustache makes it so much more. Again, yeah. And I know that this was a different time. This is yeah. totally a different time. I just don't know why we needed to know that she was 19. Mm-hmm. There was no need to tell us that. You could have just said he started dating mm-hmm. a local girl. I right. mean, there's a, a billion other descriptors that you can put in there, and yeah. they chose 19-year-old. Yes. Good point. So, But everyone was happy for Mike. All of Carol's family welcomed her into the family. They are, like, very understanding. They were happy that he is moving on. Carol must have just been really unhappy. Yeah. And sort of and talking about it Mike a lot. And almost like they really liked Mike. They really did like, well, and if Carol is having affair after an affair, which yeah. is what Keith tells us, I'm sure they feel bad for him. Yeah. So they're like, oh, hey, good. She just left and is yeah. starting a new life and is just starting a new, which is also what you, you want to think that and not the alternative in this case. So. Right. They didn't really talk very much about Carol because it was kind of the elephant in the room. And I think that's important that they weren't gossiping about what could have happened. They just didn't really. They were a family that kind of pushed things under the rug. And that, I think, makes more sense later. It It all fits. Correct. You know a better way to make money than frogging in someone's house and stealing their emergency cash from under their butter dish, which is also a weird place to keep cash? I think I do, but tell me. I bought a. I bought a. I bought a butter dish. I bought a better butter dish. I bought a gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care, pantry items, but also clothes, electronics, everything. I'm having so much fun with Ibotta. I have the app on my phone. I got a cash bonus for putting the browser extension on my computer. Because, yes, that helps mm-hmm. you save and get deals. You know, the last time we did an ad for Ibotta, I was listing all the places that you can get deals and cash back from. Target, oh, yeah. CVS. Every place, basically. Starbucks, everywhere. Nordstrom Rack, Nike, Ulta, mm-hmm. Taco Bell. And then I saw Postmates and I saw Uber Eats. Oh, and my. I didn't see that before we did the ad. And that was a game changer because yeah. I live on Postmates and Uber Eats and DoorDash. Yeah. And Seamless and Grubhub. <laughs> I have them all on my phone. Wow. Because sometimes they have different specials deals going on. So <laughs> I sit on my phone and I find which one has the best deal when I'm ordering Chinese food. As you should. So they had a deal for Postmates. So I ordered from Postmates. And with Ibotta, with this special deal they had, I got $9.23 back on my order. <gasps> Unbelievable. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. I think I'm more than average because I have been using it very casually and I already have $16 cash that I can cash out at any time. That is amazing. And I would say, by the way, you're above average at most things. Thank you. You can get that money sent to your bank account, PayPal, gift cards. It's incredible. There's no downside. There isn't. Best app ever. Yes. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code date dateline when you register. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code date dateline. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use the code date dateline. Ooh. You want a Maserati? You want a hot body? 
You got a bada, baby. I bada made me get Chinese with money back. <laughs> That's what we got. Thank you, Ibotta. I'm having so much fun. Ibotta, baby, one more time. <laughs> Thank you, Ibotta. Katie, how did Carol get those luscious Suzanne Summers locks before prose existed? Such good 70s hair. I sometimes look up 1970s hair because it was just a special time, mm-hmm. that like 1979 hair. But now I can recreate that look because of my custom shampoo, conditioner, pre-shampoo, hair oil, dry shampoo from Pros. Yay! Most of you have heard us singing the praises of Pros, and they're truly custom made-to-order hair care. And switching to a custom routine from Pros was one of the best things I have ever done for my hair. And the results that I'm seeing just keep getting better. Pros knows that there is way more to you than just your hair type, and they have given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. They ask really important questions in this quiz, not just the makeup of your actual hair, but the environment that your hair lives in, how you style it, how much heat you put on it, etc., and what your hair goals are. And my new hair goal is Kimber. Can I please have Kimber's beautiful hair? That's ridiculous. It would be great. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros handpicks clean, sustainably sourced ingredients that get you closer to your hair goals, Kimber, with every single wash. One of my favorite features as well is Pros' review and refine tool, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason. So if I decide to move again, if I need to change my diet or change my hair color, I can make those changes on Pros and they will tweak my formulas for me. It's great. And as a carbon-neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty, which we love here at A Date with Dateline. Mm-hmm. All of their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon-neutral. Woohoo! I love that. And if you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back no questions asked. Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over. Literally, it's on the bottle. It's the cutest thing ever. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your subscription plus $20 off your first subscription order. Wow, that's an amazing deal. Go order today. Go to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and an extra $20 off. Fall into beautiful hair with pros. Pros, 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 pros. Thank you so much, pros. Thank you so much, pros. I love your dry shampoo. Oh, yeah. I love their everything. They're the best. I know. So in 1987... The Torrance Police Department revisited the case, and Mike had a few new details for them about what happened that night. He added that they actually went to bed together, and then Carol woke up at 5.30 a.m. to go to the bathroom, and he heard her. He fell back asleep, and then he woke up again to the sound of the car driving away. Keith says, Odd. (laughs) Katie could do odd better, I think. Oh, no, I can't. It was odd. Yeah, that's not bad. It mm-hmm. needs to be longer, though. It's not that long. It's in my head very long. I'm sorry. I apologize. But police just figured memories are funny. 
he's fine, and they put the case away again. Hmm. Mike, oh, no. in the meantime, takes over the family house painting business from the Carol's dad. Mike marries his girlfriend, Carrie, the 19-year-old, and had two more kids Is it with the 19-year-old? I think so. They don't could, tell us that. Okay, it might not be. It might, could be okay. a different lady. Okay. They have two kids, and they take them to Disneyland, where he has his mustache and a fanny pack and cargo shorts in classic Bob dad core. I have dad, my dad wearing an exactly similar outfit at Disney World. <laughs> Photo. Fanny pack. It's got to be. It's got to be cargo shorts. Yeah, got to be cargo shorts. Mm -hmm. Carol's sister, Terry, in the meantime, had kids of her own. And becoming a mom made her realize that she didn't think that she could ever leave her kids. And she doesn't think her sister, Carol, could have left her kids. Now, that's not true. There are many moms that leave their kids, unfortunately. But it's very sweet that that's what she thought. What I don't understand is, like, no one, this didn't occur to anybody no, it didn't occur Before. to Carol's mom. It didn't occur to Carol's other sister. It didn't occur to any of them. Carol must have been a wild one. Yeah, because she's not just walking out on Mike. She's walking out on two young kids. Yeah. Anyone? No. They okay. all just thought, that's Carol. Okay, I get it. All right. So Terry now is realizing something must have happened to her. And she is now the only one in the family that is having that thought. Fifteen years after the disappearance, the police come by again, and this time they search the backyard with ground-penetrating radar, but don't find anything. I was very confused how they go from not investigating at all to ground-penetrating. Did they get an anonymous tip, and was it from Terry? Because all of a sudden they care now, and they're bringing equipment? This is literally the extent of the details we get. Yeah. The end. They, they don't find the, anything. They search the yard with ground-penetrating radar. The end. Case closed. Yeah. Once again. A local paper interviews Mike about the disappearance, and his answers are, again, a little bit different. This time, he heard the garage door go up. So uh, just a tiny little micro detail that has now been added. Then oh, okay. in 2002, I did it again. Jeez, the crackers. You did it again. It's like a yip now. I can't. In 2002. The problem is I'm going to start doing it too. I'm not going to be able to not do that. Uh, it's oh boy. so upsetting. So then it's in really 2002, a detective, <laughs> Walt Delcine, with a white bushy mustache, was that going- That is so close to Walt Disney that I, <laughs> I cannot stand it. <laughs> Walt, what, Walt Delcine. Delcine. If you were to say that quick- Walt Disney. It could be Walt Disney. <laughs> he was going through the file cabinet behind his sergeant's desk, which is hilarious. Is he trying to get fired? What is he looking for? Did the sergeant keep like hostess back there and he was like trying to sneak some? Well, how they get the camera behind the files is the better question. Does the captain have files? The Dateline the sets up a, an elaborate B-roll where they set the camera up inside the cabinet so mm -hmm. that he he opens the cabinet and pulls mm -hmm. something out and we're seeing it from the cabinet's point of view isn't it this i think yes. it's this and so yes. they're making it seem like you're gonna get caught because oh maybe the sergeant put up hidden cameras that's what i mean he kept rifling through his drawers and he got a very old cake from 
the Duchess of Windsor's wedding like Elaine on Seinfeld. <laughs> Does anyone know what I'm talking about? So he admits he was being nosy. It was Carol's file that he finds in the cabinet along with the hostess. The case was 20 years old and he's looking through and he thinks this is interesting. And he notices the small changes in Mike's story. He goes to see Carol's parents, Melba and Milt. So precious. Milt and Mel. Do you know a Melba? No, of course I not. Wish, I wish I knew a Melba. I know. Melba's good. If Hazel's coming back, then Melba should come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think Bertha's ever coming back or no? Like with the old lady names? I don't think it's coming back. Is Bertha short or something? Maybe. Bernadette? Maybe. Is Bernadette coming back? Because Bernadette's good. I love Bernadette. Yeah. Did that ever go? It's so cute. So Milt starts to cry when he meets the detective and says, I'm so happy that someone is still interested in my daughter's case. Milt. And then we find out that Milt died one month later. <sighs> Milt. So he never finds out what happened to Carol, but he found, he knew that they were looking at it at least. He did find out. In heaven. Yeah. They found each other. Detective Walt is now super invested in the case emotionally. He would ignore his current cases and get in trouble because he was focusing too much on Carol's case. Well, it's already kind of weird that you were bored enough to start going around looking for other cases. Yeah, that what doesn't other cases? bode well, Walt. I feel like he gets distracted easily. I see you, Walt. It's okay. Yeah, he's, he's neuroatypical. He gets bored easily. It needs to He's an irregular verb, <laughs> like our, both of us. It's fine. We see you. So for eight years, he worked the case. And in 2010, I had to practice. I'd like literally put all of my focus into pronouncing it 2010 and not 2010. You don't seem to have trouble with the 2010 is fine, though. You know that, right? 2010 is 2010 the one that it is okay. 2010 fine. Exactly. But it's the one through nine that you have trouble with. Two zeros. It's the two zeros that you're reading it as a I know. A block. I'm not sure. I would love to know what it means. Okay, go ahead. He finally goes to see Mike and he asks him about that night. So it's mustache v mustache. Ultimate smackdown. So Mike added a new detail this time. Mm -hmm. When they were fighting, Carol said to him, You make my skin crawl. And Keith hears this from the detective and says, ah, and the detectives, I don't know why he did it, but he was, it was, he didn't like that. He felt like that's cuts deep and there's a grain of truth to that. And the detective also felt like, I bet she did say that. That's a detail that you don't just make up. Okay, that's fine. But what did you think that they meant by we were fighting? Right. But that's a nasty fight. That's all. People that makes, fight nasty. Yeah, I fear. Yeah, some of he some didn't people, call her Gino the and Jasmine on ninety day do. Yeah, they say the horrible things out loud. Yeah, I don't know how you get past. You make my skin crawl. You get past it because I think some people just say mean things. Don't touch me. You make my skin crawl. See, it doesn't have to be. You know, if somebody goes to be like, okay, it's all, and you go, yeah. It's just yeah. a nasty thing to say. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be this dead silent moment when she looks at him from across the room and says, you know what? You, Mike, you make my skin crawl. It doesn't <gasps> have to be like that. That cuts so much deeper. That cuts deep. But if he reaches to touch her, she goes, stop it. You make my skin crawl. 
Yeah, we need a line reading on exactly can, how it Can we get a line read on the skin crawl comment, Mike? Yeah. Thank you. Do you understand the difference, though? Does that uh, make yeah, sense? Yeah, there's a difference. You're right. I didn't think you could put, now try to pull it off and make it nice and playful. That's harder. Oh, stop. You make my skin crawl. Stop it. <laughs> if somebody's like giving you tickles. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you did it. Good job. Thanks. So now Mike is also saying that he last saw Carol in the bathtub at 11 p.m. And then at 1 p.m., he heard the garage door go up and he saw her car drive away. So it's just this is story maybe three or four at this point. These little details keep getting added and changed. He doesn't remember doing the trick with the tape on the drawers, but he does say he would put baby powder on the floor to see if anyone had stepped in it like a frogger or a ghost or a ghost. He said he did the James Bond thing with the paper on the door. I guess you put a paper on the door and then if the paper falls, then the door was opened. I don't really understand. I have no idea what that means, but I, I know, know if you put a paper on a door handle, it's going to fall off. If, Whether I someone know. touches There's it or not. a slight breeze or AC is on. I don't understand. Anything. He's yeah. basically home aloneing the house. Was a hot iron in the face involved? And she didn't. Get mad that the floor was covered in baby powder? Exactly. So now get ready no. for the most exciting part of the episode for mm -mm. me. Mm -mm. Some Dateline All-Stars. This is Bizarro World of Josh Mankiewicz's Dateline Cold Case Squad that you know I love. Yolanda McClary and those other people. And Stanton. Stan Staten? Stanton? Stop it. He's great. Yolanda McClary at all. Yeah, got at it. At all. Mm -hmm. This is Keith's Cold Case Squad, but it has one crossover member of Mank's Cold Case Squad. Yep, Someone it does. No, nope, I know who it is. Someone I know who I recognize from many episodes. What? What's their name? John Lewin. Yay! Katie's face violence is cured. It only took 17 appearances by John Lewin. The thing is, they said John Lewin as they're showing his face for the first time, which <laughs> yeah. also helps. It does help. Because if they hadn't said his name, I would have recognized his voice. I would have said, oh, that's that. I recognize him. Do we know him? And then I would have said, <laughs> is that Matt Murphy? And then it would have been you John Lewin. <laughs> There's two people I'm supposed to know. Yeah, Matt Murphy and John Lewin. And John Lewin. Do we but, know the other guy? Yes, we do. His name is Jim Wallace. He is a famed detective from many episodes of Dateline. We have covered at least one of them. I talked about him in Deadly Triangle, I believe. He is so fascinating because he's this, they call him the evidence whisperer. And he's really fascinating because he turned to religion like later in life and became very religious. And he wrote all these books talking about the crime scene of the universe and how you can use crime scene detection to point to the existence of God. It's just fascinating. Keith wrote an endorsement to one of his books, which I read in Deadly Triangle, where he talks about how he agrees with him about almost nothing, but the, he thinks he's amazing and they love having these long chats. Keith wrote that, right? Yeah. Keith wrote this endorsement for one of his books. And he yeah. did the thing on the pencils too, right? No. The pencils is Kelly Ziegler, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Kelly Siegler. I should have played that off longer. Siegler is, um, I should have played that off, but I really didn't want you to get legitimately mad. That's, <laughs> that's like the 
It might be a bridge too far. <laughs> a bridge of Terabithia too far. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So we have Jim Wallace and we have John Lewin. And uh-huh. John Lewin thinks, why is Mike's memory growing over time? And Keith says, well, doesn't the mind invent things? And then you start to think that that's what happened. And John Lewin says, that's an interesting theory, but it's not really supported. And that's why um, from now on, John Lewin is only on Mank's cold case squad. Keith is like, I'm mother elfing Keith Morrison. You don't pull that crap with me. Pull that crap with Mankowitz. You win some, you lose some. Good night. <laughs> That would have been a great comeback. Keith, if you need that another time, you can have it. <laughs> so John says, memories can be lost, but they don't increase in detail over the years. That's a sign of a lie. And that's something I've always remembered from the many times I've watched this episode. I've probably said that on this show, and this is where I got it. There we go. I got it from John Lewin. So John Lewin talks to Mike, and he's doing this thing where he's laughing to disarm Mike. And make it seem like it's not that serious. And he's saying, like, (laughs) you know, we get cases where the husband finds out the wife is cheating and kills her. Like, (laughs) isn't that hilarious, Mike? And Mike goes, it had nothing to do with that. (gasps) It had nothing to do with that. That's bad. What did it have to do with? Yeah, there you go. It had nothing to do with the red onion? Right. So Mike asks for a few days to come back and think about things, to go come back, think about things, come back. And it's the first first time he does that, but he does it again later too. Yeah. So John Wallace, religious investigator, evidence whisperer extraordinaire, realizes they need to prove that she is dead because right now it's a no body, no crime case. And then he gets the flu. Keith says, lucky break. No, really. He was like we would go, Keith, what are you talking about? He says he was sick in bed and he was talking to his wife about the case. And she said, why don't you set up a Facebook account for Carol? And I honestly don't know what this has to do with him having the flu unless he literally doesn't speak to his wife unless he's sick and she's bringing him soup. Because is there no way they would have talked about the case otherwise and she would have had this idea? Is there a chance that he is on Facebook and tooling around on Facebook? And she goes, you know, because he wouldn't normally be on Facebook a lot because he's home. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. You're on fire today. Yeah. But I do know of an investigative podcast that does the work even when they don't have the flu. And Facebook is one of many avenues that they use to investigate. Yeah. I'm talking about criminal conduct. It is an investigative true crime podcast hosted by John Taylor and Javier Leva. And if you're looking for an ethical investigative true crime podcast, look no further than criminal conduct. What you're going to love is that each season covers a whole new case. Love those. People love that. My mom loves that. One of those deep dive in depth and you follow it from start to finish. They love that. Me too. 
The latest season is about a college student who dies and a suspect is charged and convicted of first degree felony murder. But instead of facing decades in prison, a judge throws out the jury's conviction, lets the killer go free. If you're wondering if this sounds familiar, it was a Dateline episode called Edge of Town, I believe. Mm -hmm. And you might remember the incredible mother who was fighting for justice for her son. This podcast goes into such a deep dive into everything that happened after. And I can't wait to listen because John and Javier are legit. John was a former Secret Service agent and private investigator. Yep. And Javier is an investigative reporter. He also hosts the uber popular Pretend podcast. Mm -hmm. So subscribe and listen to all nine episodes of Criminal Conduct Season four, wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, that theme song has me dancing. I even Googled it today and watched the video for it. There's a YouTube video. I love it. It's so, I'm not a bad man. I'm not a bad man. I'm not a bad woman. It's really good. Anyways, the podcast is just as good as the theme song, Criminal Conduct. Check them out, everybody. Yeah. Katie, we know that life insurance is good, but can also get you on Dateline. If I get pet insurance for my parents' dog, will he try to kill me? (laughs) Will Oliver try to kill your cats to get their money? I'm very confused about how pet insurance works, clearly. No, he absolutely wouldn't because he loves the cats as much as I do. But I need to talk to you about something really important that I found on Instagram relating to pet insurance. Do you know about the cat distribution system? What? It's the universe cat distribution system. It happens to a lot of people. You've probably heard this story over and over again. I was walking home and I heard this meow and all of a sudden a kitten comes out of a bush and then it followed me home and now I have a cat and I'm not a cat person. That story? Or I lost my pet and I was so sad and then three days later a tiny kitten showed up at my door, et cetera, et cetera. This is the universe cat distribution service that distributes (laughs) cats to people who are greatly either in need or just a good person and they know you can take care of the kitten or kittens. So a few of my cats have come to me from the universe Uh distribution system. And as a chosen receiver of kittens, I want to do everything in my power to help them live a long and happy life while they're in my care. I embrace this gift from the universe, which is why it is fitting that this podcast is sponsored by Embrace Pet Insurance. Did you know that vet care prices have increased by 33% just from 2022 to 2023? What? I know. It's wild. With Embrace Pet Insurance, you can visit any vet or emergency clinic. And whether you have a dog or a cat, Embrace Pet Insurance offers customized plans for your pet's exact needs. And if you have multiple pets to insure, you're even eligible for a 10% multi-pet discount. Plus, they have a 24-7 helpline, and they also have an optional wellness rewards program to ensure that you prioritize preventative care for your pet, which is really important so that you don't have those crazy vet visits later because you Mm -hmm. didn't do preventative before. So hopefully you will never even need to use Embrace in the first place. Some of you may think that pet insurance is an unnecessary thing or it's just really too expensive, but pet insurance is actually more affordable compared to high vet emergency costs. 
It, it can be through the roof. I'm talking maxing out credit cards. It mm. also gives you peace in mind. The Universe Cat Distribution Service doesn't say it's going to give you a perfect kitten who will never need a trip to the vet. My cats are perfect, but Danny, the champion of the world, has questionable dental hygiene. And until the universe delivers him a set of kitty dentures, I need Embrace Pet Insurance. And don't take my word for it. There are so many testimonials on their website, like little lady Isabel's story. What happened to little lady Isabel? When this kitten first arrived, according to the testimonial, she came with a laundry list of preventative care that she'd need to undergo for the first year flea prevention, vaccines, a spay. Fortunately, Lady Isabel's folks were smart enough to sign her up for the Wellness Rewards Plus program, which gave them a huge allowance to help with these costs. I'm telling you, there is a plan for you with Embrace Pet Insurance. So get over to the website and check it out. Embrace Pet Insurance is here to protect your pet. EmbracePetInsurance.com forward slash date dateline and sign up for pet insurance today. EmbracePetInsurance.com forward slash date dateline so they know that we sent you. Embrace your pet in sickness and in health. Thank you so much, Embrace. So sweet. So sweet. So Keith says, of course, in 1981, when Carol disappeared, Facebook inventor Mark Zuckerberg wasn't even born yet. Thanks, Keith, for making us all feel horrible and unaccomplished. So Jim Wallace feels like if Carol was alive, someone on Facebook would know something. He gets an age progression photo of what she would look like now, posts it on Facebook, social media. He starts a website for her missing case. No one has seen her in the past 20 plus years. He says she's also not Googling herself or if she'd find our site. So that means she's dead. And Keith says, or a farmer's wife in Uruguay who doesn't go to the computer much. And lots of people aren't on Facebook or Google themselves. I gave Keith a mental high five at this, but the, the Facebook thing seemed odd to me. It doesn't seem like it accomplished much. If she was out there changing her identity and starting a new life, she wouldn't Google herself or she wouldn't write to them and say, hey, I see you're looking for me. And she wouldn't be in contact with her family and friends if she was in WITSEC. It it would be weird if she reached out to a high school friend and then didn't reach out to her children. Right. It it would seem odd. Yes. That that would be a weird thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's fine. I have never had a Facebook page and don't Google myself. I've Googled the podcast before, but it's just to get to the website usually. But you've never Googled? Hire August to make a website because he did the most beautiful job on our website. Yes, he did. So the point Jim is making, though, is like this just adds is one more piece in the puzzle. Like I don't Google myself and I don't have a have never had a Facebook page. But if they put my picture on the internet, like someone would have heard of me or from me. I'm not disappeared from my life. So it's like those two things combined add to the picture of it, I think is all he's saying. So it is a circumstantial case. Completely. I don't understand. So the lack of any kind of contact with anyone contact or people reaching out and saying, oh, I have seen her. Right. I did see her four years ago at the Wawa. The the lack of that leads them to I I still don't feel like that is any kind of evidence. No, it's not. 
But I don't feel like that is puts it over the top either, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I don't understand how this then leads to the next action. Well, John Lewin loves circumstantial cases. He loves the hard to prove cases where there's no DNA and stuff. So he is going for it. And they arrest Mike. And do you, can, do you see what I'm saying here, Kimberly? Do you yes, see any kind the, of correlation? How no this body, happened? no crime cases are still valid. You just should a woman with two children disappears from her life and no one has seen her in almost 30 years. That's crazy. That is crazy, but it doesn't, and that his story has changed a little bit over time, not wildly different, but it has adjusted itself over time Yeah, into not timeline really differences, just things that happen. A garage door opens, I saw right. the car, like but little bits of difference. But also he's the difference. last one that saw her and they were fighting. But according to him, and she, she was cheating. She went out to the Red Onion. So because the police didn't do the groundwork to see that anybody at the Red Onion, right, like someone could have abducted her, and the car was in the parking lot. Yeah, it it just seems it's a huge because it's just as valid that he killed her that someone at the Red Onion ran away with her. I mean, her. not really because statistically you're way more likely to be killed by your spouse especially if you're fighting or cheating but would you, you want to be arrested based on that would you want to be arrested based on percentages no no that's what i'm saying i don't understand i feel like we're missing information for how they got to the indictment that's yeah. all so carol's let us know what you think was there enough yeah carol's family was not happy they thought it was ludicrous that Mike would hurt Carol. They loved him like part of the family. And Jim Wallace realizes this family would have been happy to keep pretending that Carol is out there alive. They did not even want to know the truth. That's true. Yeah, most of them. Mike Jr., however, her son, did want to know the truth. He was very confused. He loved his dad. He had followed his dad into the family painting business and worked with him for decades. But he had doubts. And yes, he did. I wish we could insert that, that sound effect there. <laughs> Should we start doing that like the morning zoo and we have buttons that we press and we start inserting sounds? I did do that for a long time. And then we got written to by a lawyer that said, you probably shouldn't do that. Oh, gosh. Remember? Oh, times. So <laughs> it was after... His stepmother, Carrie, who may or may not be the 19-year-old, the one who married Mike, she left Mike. Mm -hmm. And apparently after she left, Mike would not stop talking about her. He talked about Carrie all the time. And Mike Jr. thought, that's so weird because he never talks about my mom. And he started to get a little suspicious. 31 years after she disappeared, the trial starts. Okay. And John Lewin says, I'm going to prove that despite the fact that Mike is a decent man, he murdered his wife. Wow. I don't, I don't know if those two things can be true, but that's what John Lewin said. Mike Jr. takes the stand and he has to say, I have doubts to his dad yeah. for the first time. His dad did not know he had, was feeling like that. That must have been incredibly difficult and painful. Oh, yeah. He says that even if his dad did it, he doesn't want to see him punished for it, which yeah. is pretty much how the whole family feels. Yeah. It's very interesting. 
John Lewin says it doesn't matter if the family doesn't care or want him punished. His job is to make justice happen for Carol. No, we get it. We know what you're doing here. It's just this feels icky. It does. But it ha- I mean, he's not doing it for them. Like we've even if they don't want someone to go to jail, someone should go to jail. This is an odd thing because I would say 99.5% of the time we have at least someone who's very, very strongly wanting right. justice. And yeah. in this case, it, it's not. No. Some of them want answers, but none of them want Mike punished if he did it. Right. It's very interesting. It's like they want to know the truth. They want Basically, they want a mediation. They want to know the truth. And then they want us them to just deal with it with a family counselor. Right. It feels like that, to be honest. Yeah. So the defense puts Mike on the stand because they think he's a nice guy. The jury will like him. He changes his story again, though, on the stand. He says, when she said, you make my skin crawl, she was in the bathtub. And now he says he went outside, saw the garage door was open, and the car was gone. Whereas before he heard the garage door open, he saw the car driving away. He says the reason it keeps changing is because he keeps picturing that night over and over in his head. So he pictures the car leaving. So he probably said he saw the car leaving and memories are fuzzy. He does seem very mild mannered and soft spoken on the stand. At one point, Lewin calls him a liar and Mike kind of laughs and looks at the judge and Lewin says, why are you looking at the judge? And he says, I'm waiting for him to correct you. I didn't kill her. And Lewin says, and you would admit it if you did. And Mike says, yes, I would admit it. And John Lewin says, and do you think that statement's believable? And he said, I think so. And John Lewin says, I'm done. And he <laughs> rolls his eyes and he sits down. How did John you Lewin feel about heated. How did you feel about this? I think it's funny. I think he's sh- like, I think it's funny to watch John Lewin get so frustrated and upset because it's like you're, you can't really seem to rattle Mike. He's just so like even keeled. Yeah, it's interesting to just see this clip because it does not make John Lewin look very likable. It makes he's not. Yeah, it doesn't make him seem it makes him seem kind of brutish, very yeah. dogged. Huh. And he is a little bit. And that's why he wins so many cases. A little bit dramatic, to be honest. Yeah. It's a little bit acty, actory. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of I'm done here. Yeah, yeah. And then the eye roll, you know, yeah, that like, whole, jury, like, he's frustrating me. Isn't he frustrating you? Right. It feels a little bit like that. I think he's very entertaining, though. If I was on jury duty, I would love to have a lawyer like that because I would be so bored otherwise. Gotcha. So the jury finds Mike guilty. I was shocked. The defense did not do a good job then. Yeah, the defense because did not do a good job. We did not meet the defense, but I feel like this is such a slam dunk for... This is the other major possibility here. And it was never looked into. No yeah. murder was ever looked into because no one thought it was a murder. Right. So Jim Wallace is surrounded by an unfamiliar reaction at this point when they get the jur- the guilty verdict. He was expecting the family to lift him up on their shoulders like Rudy style <laughs> because he says he usually gets embraces and hugs and thank yous and tears And he got none of that because this family did not want this. And they don't, they didn't believe it. They don't think he did it. And they don't want him punished. 
Yeah. At the sentencing hearing, Mike Jr. says, I don't want my dad to go to jail, but I do want to know what happened to my mom. And he cries and he asks for leniency for his dad's sentencing. They did not really want this. This is hard. This is hard to wrap your brain around this one. We've seen on Dateline's kids that it seemed like they were in denial and they say things like, I just don't want to lose my other parent. Even if deep down they know their dad killed their mom, they just don't want to lose their dad too. Yeah. And they think that otherwise he's a good man and he snapped or something. Yeah. It's strange. We've never been in that position, so it's it's hard hard to to say. But But, yeah. I mean, yeah, from an outsider's perspective, it it seems very strange. No, it's not even strange. It's just hard. Hard. I don't know. My heart is with. There are no winners here, kind of. No, there are no the winners. What did you say? I said there's one the winner. Oh, he the one. one. So John Lewin says, please, Mike, for your family, for your son and this other child that they have and these other two children. We don't meet them. He has four children. Please just tell them what happened to Carol. And Mike's asked to speak with his lawyer privately. And then they come back and they say the judge pushes the sentencing back a month to give Mike time to think. He keeps taking these time out thinking breaks. Only a white man. (laughs) Hang on, police. Hang on, lawyers. Hang on, judge. Can you give me a month to do some yoga and some deep thinking about what my next move is going to be? Do you think it might be his age? Take your time. (laughs) Do you think it might be an age thing? Because he's older now? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. I cannot see it flying in any other situation. Is Lewin at this point pretty well known? Yeah. Then he probably asked the judge for this. Yeah. Put him on ice. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's going to be out in this time. He's still going to be in jail. We might get answers for this family. If, yeah. Yeah. He's still convicted. He was still yeah. found guilty. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. No. So at the second hearing, when he's finally going to get sentenced, John Lewin announces to the court He had met with Mike that morning, and Mike told him everything. Were you surprised? No, I knew he did it. But that he was, he told them what happened. No, I was just surprised that there was not a deal on the other end of it. Mm. I was kind of thinking they were going to strike. I know it's too late because he was convicted, but I sort of thought maybe there was a promise of a more, knowing it was second degree murder, that it might be a little bit more lenient of a sentence because he had agreed to do this. Like maybe this was a wheel and deal is kind of what, I don't know though. No, it seemed like he finally, he did it for his kids. This is so hard. Don't get too excited. So I'm not. He still has a problem with the truth, let's say. Mm -hmm. So Mike doesn't speak at the hearing. John Lewin explains what he told him. And... He says they did fight about selling the house. Carol stormed out, but she came back at 2.30 in the morning and she told him she was going to take another man as her date to her sister's wedding. And Mike was very upset. And she started consoling him, saying, don't worry, you'll find someone else. Oh, no. He did not want to hear that. He pushed her and she fell and she hit her head. So they put him up to a polygraph and he fails. Then he admits he actually punched her in the head and that's what killed her. He took her car to the Red Onion parking lot. He put her in his car's trunk, drove to the ocean, 
paddled out on a raft like Tom Hanks with Wilson and dumped her with a cinder block attached. No. Now, the family is shocked to hear any of this that he's admitting because most of them still thought he was innocent. Right. The police go fall. They somehow think he's telling the truth with this weird ocean raft story. Like, where did he get the raft? Whose raft was it? Right. It no is. No one weird. saw him carrying a woman onto a raft. Yeah, I had a lot of questions about this. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was in the middle of the night. Still in the freezing Pacific Ocean. Did he paddle like with oars in a raft? Yeah. And a cinder block, by the way. What? Is, I don't... Like on a to, boogie board? Yeah. I don't know. What's happening? So back to that cold and pea soup foggy day, the police boat goes out with Mike and they're searching for something. Remains a cinder block, something. They don't find anything. And then Mike admits the ocean thing was a lie. Mike, that costs money. What are you doing? Yeah. So... Finally, he tells them where he buried her body, and they still can't find it. He takes them out there. They still can't find anything, but he passes the polygraph, so they think he's telling the truth this time. Mike ends up getting 15 years to life. Mike Jr. says he still loves his dad. He's just trying to process all of this. And Family he had counseling. This I- what? Family counseling. Family counseling. He has this idea that he wants his dad to write him from prison every week one sentence about his mom to make him still have to think about her. And he will get to hear more about his mom and remember her as well. It's like the prison story worth. Yes. Oh my God. That's exactly what it is. Yep. He gives him a topic. <gasps> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So over the years, his kids write letters in support of his parole. This is where the story ended in the version that I had seen on ID and OWN and all that so many times. But there is a twist that Peacock has added, an update. In 2021, John Lewin files a motion to have Mike's conviction reduced to voluntary manslaughter. I was shocked. I was shocked because John Lewin likes to win. So the fact that he's changing, that's crazy. Do you think the family asked him? I'm sure they had been asking him over the years. But he says, if I had known this was, I guess what they would call like a crime of passion, not premeditated, Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have gone for first degree murder. Good. And so... He also says in his letter that Mike has been an exemplary inmate and he's served now well, more like more than 10 years, plus the time he spent during the trial. And so he asks for it to be reduced. A hearing is held and the motion is granted. His conviction is reduced to voluntary manslaughter. Wow. And he's already served enough time for that. So he's released from prison. I was in shock. Shock. I had no idea. How old is he now? Probably uh, 80s. If he was 20 in 1980, then he's like 60s. Okay. So this is crazy. Now, to this day, they've still never found her remains, which is so sad. And that's really what the family wants. I just, I'm blown away. How many other peacocks do I think, episodes on Peacock, do I think I know how they ended? And then there's like a twist that I don't know about. That's a really good point. Yeah. 
because I've seen so many of these over the years, but I usually watch them on TV and like reruns. So you had no idea. Oh, boy. No idea that this there happened. You go. And a kind of classy move on John Lewin's part. Yeah, he redeemed himself in my eyes. He well, doesn't I care. I love him, even though he's probably problematic. Oh, but I did like that he did that. Yeah. Because I'm sure he's busy too. So mm-hmm. took time out of his schedule to make that happen. Yeah. And but if it I was mean, a it's... crime of passion, that's fair. Because this, I mean, in my eyes, if you kill someone, you should deserve to rot. Like, mm-hmm. if serious, like, I don't care why you killed someone or if it, it was planned or not planned. But the law is different. And you says you get less time if it was not planned. But I think it's also one of it those was rage funny. killings. It was almost the reaction to what she had said. Yeah. John Lewin had a visible reaction to yeah. that item of information. It was like, oh, I think that John Lewin might be, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, old school? Yeah. Male gender roles? Yeah. And so I think that that kind of a statement of like, it's okay, you'll find some that kind of pedantic, do you know what I'm talking about? Is like, it strikes all sorts of chords within certain kinds of people. Absolutely. I I think John Lewin, something in him resonated with that and was like, oh, I can see why that would bring you to a boil, like a rage. When I think about how for women, the most dangerous time is when they're trying to leave a partner. Mm -hmm. When you start to make excuses, like she set him off by saying something. No, and it's not. I think that's a slippery slope. This is what I'm saying that men do and the law does. And I don't like that. I think there should be no excuse. No, there is no excuse. But there it is doesn't that, matter like, what, what she what said. But I'm it telling rage you, it, killing. It Didn't felt... we start to hear recently about like where someone just sees red? What do they call that? We've heard about it like this past year in Dateline episodes. It's we not heard about it last fashion. week. Is it what's it Dale called? Dale saw red and couldn't. But what I feel like it has a technical term: passion, like a, sudden not passion, crime of passion, sudden passion, sudden, sudden. passion. You got it. But I don't know. I don't. For some reason, John Lewin seemed that seemed to resonate with him. That maybe John Lewin has an ex-girlfriend. That's what I something similar. It felt like it was like this moment of understanding kind of. I don't know. It was odd. I think the fact that he has gone the rest like 30 years as an outstanding member of the community and his family and that they were all rooting for him. Probably had a lot to do with it. But it doesn't make up for it. So no. it is hard because then who stands up? Then who Did she get up justice? No, yeah. not really. No, she didn't. Not really. I mean, it's... he did put spend some time. He spent over 10 years in jail. Okay. It doesn't seem like if I was she only got like 25 years or something, on the earth. I would be like, that's not enough. But that's yeah. not how they felt. It's not. I don't know. Yeah. They this must have, he must have been like the nicest guy. I don't know. It's weird. It's like. Ashton and Mila writing letters for Danny Masterson and it's just like so weird they knew him as this different person and they wrote letters supporting him and to us that's like horrific because he's a monster but to them it's like there's two facets to him and they loved part of him it's so weird okay that's fine but he still is going to prison absolutely because he did horrible things absolutely so you're sorry yeah i'm much more black and white in my thinking like you are nope you're dead to me Mm -hmm. you know but i haven't really been in that situation so Mm -hmm. i don't know what i would be like maybe it would be a gray area i don't know but people are mad at them yeah 
the internet's also black and white. Yeah, exactly. They're, much, they're <laughs> so, like me. Yeah. There you go. B-roll bonanza. Yeah. So many shots of the pea soup fog and the boat and the photos, Polaroid. Shake it like a Polaroid picture falling to the table. We also get a ton of time lapse. Did you notice? We get a bunch of different time lapse. It looks like Wilshire Boulevard, maybe. It's at daytime and at nighttime. Exact same shot of time lapse. We see it at nighttime and then we see it during the day. But they're not going into each other. Then there's also time lapse of a clock, one of those digital clocks where it goes bap, 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 and the hours go by. They love a time lapse. Mark it off your bingo cards. Especially in this one. We also get an old film reel, which is cool. All so of get the reenactments camera. looked like they were shot on a VHS tape. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the film reel, though. The film reel is at the beginning. Okay. You were probably focused on the Polaroids. Yeah. And then did you see the Back to the Future shot where there's a family photo and then she just disappears from yes. it? Yes. Yes. We've seen that before. Slept with his own mom. Oh, boy. We've seen that before, right? I don't know. Uh -huh. I wish I had it on the bingo cards, but I don't think it happens that often. I really don't remember if I've seen it before. And then um, the jury box gets a close-up shot, so mark that off your bingo cards. But those seats are in horrible shape. They're like leather seats, and they're all cracked and peeling. Yeah. And it's not a good look, Torrance. Get, if you're getting B-roll done from Dateline, get some new seats in there. Maybe that is the point. To Draw attention to it. We need budget for these chairs, folks. Whoever is that state senator in that area is running on a platform of new seats in the jury box so they won't be embarrassed on Dateline again. Katie Porter, Torrance needs new seats. Thank <laughs> you. Okay. She'll get it done. Walt is picking up the Detective Walt. He, the, oh, the file. Never mind. He's also driving a car. Yeah. I think we see a few people driving a car. John Lewin is on his computer. Mm -hmm. And then Sister Gail is on, the oldest sister is on a porch swing, just swinging. Mm. I love, I should put porch swing B-roll on the bingo cards. I would really like a porch swing. Why don't you have one in your backyard? You have a little backyard. You could yeah. totally do a porch swing back there. It'd be so relaxing for you. Mm. I have a lounge chair. Would you like it to swing? No, I'd rather have one of those hammock chairs. This hammock swing. I love those. Get not, a ham like not a hammock. I've had one of those. The kind, but the hammock swings. Sits yeah. Up. yeah, yeah, like you're that. in a chair. That would be good. We also see Mike Jr. holding a coffee cup with two hands. Oh, like a soup cup. Maybe oh. it might have been soup. Did you have Fashion Police or Brands unhappy being on Dateline? The Red Onion, whatever uh, <laughs> that place is. It's gone now. It's probably the Blue Bayou or who knows what happened there to the Red Onion. Smoky dancing. Who names a place the Red Onion? The Red Onion is like, I mean, I guess I like it. No, I like a Yellow Onion better, actually, probably. But the no, Yellow Onion. No, it depends onion. what I'm eating. Greek food, Red Onion. But the Yellow Onion, no one would go there. But why would you, I wouldn't go to, why would you go to a club that has onion in the title? It's like having garlic in the title. Right. It's a weird, the black garlic. That sounds weird. Yeah. I mean, there is that garlic restaurant. And then everyone's eating garlic so that you can still like kiss The garlic after. rose, yeah. yeah. But now if you named it the black truffle, people might go there. Oh, that's a good name. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Should I call the red onion? I think the red onion's long gone. Yeah. For sure. I don't they, think truffles were big back then. They are having a truffles real moment. get big? In the two, 2000, in the 2002s, when did they get big? 
I didn't know about them until much later because I am not in the food. I'm not a food foodie, foodie. fancy first person. Mm-hmm. So I first heard about them in 2010-ish. And I told my mom about them and she thought I meant the chocolate truffles. That's right. Everybody did, though, in Joni's defense. Yeah. When you first know about truffles, you don't understand why you're having it on a pasta yeah. or on a pizza. Or fries. Yeah. Or on whatever they're putting truffle on. Yeah. Yeah. I had for Fashion Police the best 70s hair. I love that 70s hair. I'm not so kidding. Good. She was yeah. gorgeous. Carol was stunning. Really, really beautiful. So titles. Uh-huh. Pea Soup Fog. Mm-hmm. Cold. Okay, no, wait. It's a poem. Pea Soup Fog, Cold Case Squad. There you go. I could make it into a haiku if I had more time. She's saying fog, not frog. <laughs> Not to be confused. With There's a fro- there could be a frogger. Mm-hmm. A crack in the seats and the case. That's good. No, it's not. But this one is better. The Brady Hunch. Oh, that's it. That's great. Thank you. Mine aren't very good, and I didn't do the thing. I did write here, though, butter beware. Why did I write that? Because <laughs> of the butter with the cash? Yeah. There you go. I wrote Luban versus Lewin. Because their last name was Luban. I wrote, uh-huh. life, one sentence. One sentence, life. I was trying to get somewhere with that he had to write one sentence oh, yeah. for mm-hmm. a life sentence. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm saying? Sentence, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And then I have one serious one, which I'm not going to read. Is it a chance for Carol? It's not. It's something that you didn't mention. It's something that, that Keith talks about, and they're talking about how this was a heavy thing that was weighing on him. Like, mm-hmm. and Keith goes, the heaviest thing. And I wrote the heaviest thing. Oh, I thought that was a good, I know. Sorry. Sorry to bring down the room. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Sorry. Way to bring it down at the end. Yeah. We love that. Bring us back up with telling us about how people can get crime con tickets and come visit us in two weeks. Am I, is it too late? What? Is it too late? No, I think there's still tickets and uh, use our code date. You get 10% off. We're going to have so much fun. We might be doing something more than we thought we're doing there, but I can't officially say that. So just we're going to be there. That's exciting. And so is Mankiewicz. It's going to be really fun. I know it's in Florida. I know. Trust me. I know. But I'm still excited to see everybody. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a great time. Yeah. Follow us on social media because you've been hearing about all the fun stuff that I've been posting lately that Katie has been following too. Katie's following us on social media. so I'm sneakily following along. I love that. So if you post nasty things, I will know. (laughs) So thank you, everybody. Follow us on social media and check out our Patreon and our Supercast. We do a lot of extra stuff on there. We just finished Claim to Fame, which is so fun. And we do a thing now every week where we talk about what we're watching and we just talk about TV. Mm -hmm. And we're going to record that right now. So I have to turn this off. Don't miss it. Okay, everybody. everybody. Be your own. Make sure you win this week. Have a good (laughs) (laughs) win. Bye, everybody. Bye. Carol is not a name I hear anymore. Have you ever heard the name Carol? I had like, a friend in high school who was named Carol. Any since? Mm-mm. No, I don't think so. I had an aunt Carol, but I don't know any other Carols. If you know more than one Carol, let us know. 
Yeah, if you have like a Carol is. W and a Carol H in your life, I'd like to know that. You know, everyone has like a Sarah B, Sarah R, Sarah Oh, I a. see. I thought you were saying that somewhere in the name Carol, there was an H. No, like the w, last name. And yeah, I was thinking, no. where would they go? <laughs> Sorry. I know there can be an E at the end, but I wasn't sure about the W or the H. But she wasn't in Scientology, so it is a little odd. Sorry, that was rude, but it's true. Parents in Scientology apparently have no problem just dropping their kids off on a boat. <laughs> C-Corp. Just why not? It's the truth. Set it happens. Sail. Well, it's because Au of Scientology. Revoir. No, they just believe that your children kind of aren't really your children. They've just yeah, been they belong with you. to the community. Sort of. you'll, and you'll see them again because yeah. reincarnation, you'll see them over and over. So it's like in yeah. a previous life, they might have been your cousin. They might have been your mom. Just... Give them to Ron L. to raise for you. Okay. Katie's obviously been watching a lot of Scientology. You got to start boning up for CrimeCon because I will be on the plane looking at everyone's photos. You know, like a senator at a cocktail party and their aide whispers in their ear and they're like, that's so-and-so from Louisiana. His wife just had hip surgery. And they go, hey, Steve, how's your wife's hip? What's the movie I've seen a bunch of times with Sarah, with Julianne Moore as Sarah Palin? One of those HBO movies. Game Changer. Game Changer. Or Game We're going to have to do something, something like in that movie. Yeah. When with you and me in the hotel room and you with a, a we, we'll a have an easel. Flash so you can be like, yeah. yeah, who's this? What's yeah. this? Yeah. What case did they work on? What's yeah. this? Yeah. We're going to need signs, signals. Yeah. If you see me floundering. Yeah. I need your help. Okay. Also. That invisible danger prank Instagram thing. Yeah. You shouldn't have posted that. Why? Because you want to do it? I see you in like two weeks. I know. <laughs> that was a bad idea. I'm looking forward to it. You I just, think I might you, have a heart attack, but I'm, gonna... I'm not showing it to Oliver because that's who we would need to watch out for. Because mm -hmm. remember, we will have a third in tow. He so would totally I'm... do that to us. Yeah, yeah he would. Mm -hmm. At a bad time. Yeah. Possibly in front of Mank. Or in front of John Lewin, if we John Lewin do is it there. to Mank. No, we're not doing that to Mank. We are not. He won't what, be our friend anymore. He doesn't I want know. to look dumb. What would his reaction be to seeing something? You don't know what they're seeing. The prank is, in case you're not on our social media, is like someone pretends to see something just horrific, like a giant, the biggest spider you've ever, you don't know what they're anything. seeing. Anything. Nothing's there, but you're pretending and you're filming it to see what the other person does. It's so stupid. It's, it's so, so stupid, funny but so it's this, so much funnier than it should be. Also, because it's kind of harmless. It is. But it is but like, like some so, of the guys like grab like weapons to yeah. protect their woman, and some of them just bolt and leave their lady behind, and they're just like, "What is it? What is the one like, girl that did it to her things, dad? Tossing things in the who's air, just sitting at the table." Fretting yeah. with this hand. I the whole thing. I was And the one lady, she does it to her husband in the garage. He grabs a broom and it's like hitting the box. He what was is great. in there? And then she runs inside the house and locks and the, door. the door. And he's like, open the door. What's in there? Open the door. I don't <laughs> condone pranking, but for some reason I see why you posted that. Because that gave me all the giggles. It I was like, this is so That's stupid. What's you gotta spread laughter sometimes and i think it's fairly harmless unless someone has a heart, a heart condition yeah yeah don't but do it, it to anyone who has a heart condition no but i'm absolutely gonna do it to my sister and my nieces yes my sister is already 
She's a big reaction person. Even if she doesn't need to be, I will tape it for you because she's going to, she'll freak out. Yes. So it'll be great. My mom might too. I'll see if I can do it to my mom. (laughs) So good. She did just have tooth surgery, so maybe not. But No, I don't want her to fall or anything. I'll do it in somewhere very, very, no, I don't want to do it to her. No, nobody over the age of 70. I, yeah, I think we'll that's leave fair. that alone. Okay. Yeah. 